Hello, this is Jesse Liberty, and this is yet another podcast. Today I have Mads Torgerson and Dustin Campbell for part two in our discussion of C-sharp 11. So uh, start by talking about the new required keyword. Yeah, so, you know, for this is another kind of thing that we've been, for several releases now, we've been trying to sort of, we've had this feature in C-sharp since, since C-sharp 3 called object initials. Yes. And they're really cool. Like, it, it, you know, it's a nice way to initialize an object that you can kind of see what you're doing. You can do it in the order you want. You can skip once you don't initialize. It's much more freeform than calling extractor, which is nice on the consumption side. Um, and on the, on the declaration side, it's really Really nice that you don't have to declare constructors and hook them up uh, through the inheritance chain and have overloads and it so there's kind of a lightweight approach that many people have or have been using for a long time to object models. You just don't have meaningful constructs. They're just like you just have like constructors with no parameters and then you use objects like all you and then we got and, and then we got to a point where we were like, well, that's great when it works. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. there's, and there's just like too many situations where it doesn't work. Let's say that you want your objects to be Immutable. Um, that's more and more popular now to mm-hmm. have an immutable object model. Well, guess what? Object initialization works through mutation. So immediately, if you have if you have your properties be getter only, well, so we went and did like init feature yeah. called to start, and then we kind of got on the whole start filling in the gap, um, run with object initializers, and we said the one thing you can't do that's really annoying is that you can't have a mandatory thing that sh- that has to be in. only constructors can have like required parameters, but you can't have like a quote unquote quiet property that have somebody who creates the object creates an object from the class have to initial They're like well just add that so we did so now we put a required keyword in something then people newing it up they just have to initialize that something they have to um, give it a value in the in their object and that's all it is i've got a surprisingly ignorant question and if it's as bad as i think we'll, we'll cut it we can edit it out <laughs> yeah we can always edit it out which is it's the only way i continue to be employed um is, <laughs> is um object initialization and and dependency injection. And I'm not sure that there's question in here, but with dependency injection, you're not necessarily doing anything. And so how is the initialization being taken care of or being required? Does this okay. question make any sense at all? I it, I think it does. Mm-hmm. I, you sometimes, depending on how you do dependency injection, some people do it through constructors and you are newing things up. Some people use the dependent, they have like a whole object creation kind of mm-hmm. abstraction thing going on. And it's true that if you're if objects are being created by method calls rather they will some, somebody will do a new but it won't be you um then object initialize don't they don't work in those situations um, and that is actually you know there's a feature proposal uh for ways to allow that so that you can even if you're calling a method to have the object created um you could still then have an object but that's not something we have that is you're putting your finger on a very valid like remaining hole if you will the, um yeah in the matrix of where you can use object initialize Hey, it could be a language designer. Yeah, yeah. Or at least a yeah. language whole spotter. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, said, <laughs> I said via email to Maz that before I started programming, programming seemed like magic. And now it doesn't. It seems more like craft. But what you guys do seems like magic. I, the whole concept of conceiving of, oh, it would be good if the language did this, and then making it do that is just astounding. Well, I'm, it's interesting because I, I used to feel that way too. And now that I'm here, I feel like craft as well. Yeah. <laughs> design process and um, implementation process and all of that it also is very much craft but it, yeah I can see I, I, 
I, I, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I think we all know that. I mean, it's the same really as what we talked about with the lambdas and the patterns, right? Yeah. It's it's magic until it's obvious. And then there are a few things like monad that remain magic that revert <laughs> to being magic like 10 seconds after you understood everything. I was hoping we could get through the whole podcast without anybody saying that word. <laughs> Sorry, you can cut that out. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very <laughs> scary word. In fact, when, when I was first learning about lambda expressions, I think it was that people kept making these little drawings with little balls and monads and moving them around, making yeah. me confused. I, 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 I'm with you, Jesse. I, I have, uh, I will admit, I mean, I don't have a language design background before I joined Microsoft, not really. And so when somebody says, well, but is it monadic in the design meeting? And I, I immediately like, oh dear, what is, what is he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it means, does it travel from place to place? Right. I, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> It's nomadic. <laughs> exactly. uh, okay. Yeah, Let's think the joke is, whenever I open my mouth, design team, and I say monads, they say nomads. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I like it. <laughs> nomads. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have to use that a lot. Uh, let's talk about struct for a minute. Sure. And I will tell you that I have not written a struct in at least ten years. Good. Ooh, you know, you lose the you lose your license if you don't use it at least once a day. <laughs> yes. So and and in eleven, you've got reference field in struct. So so help me understand what I'm missing and am I being I, a, I mean, a bad program? Have you written a lot of pointers lately? No. Like code with a lot of pointers? I mean, that's kind of what we're I about. think that's a, I, I don't necessarily want to tell you what this is as much as I want to kind of frame it a little. C Sharp always had like an underbelly. It was called unsafe. Yeah. Um. So there was this part of C Sharp that was mostly for interrupt and very low level stuff, maybe for performance reasons here and there. People would, would put the unsafe key keyword on and work with pointers and if they were smart enough things didn't blow up but you know all bets were off then we you know the industry as a whole evolved and we all started understanding more and more about what were some safe ways that the same un things could be done as efficiently and we started adding things to c sharp to replace unsafe in many they they included expanding a lot on refs introducing things like span of t that you mentioned on which are kind of they but they're still low level things and they're still more complicated rest and we track lifetime in a very uh, intricate manner and, and and they are really not meant for general use they are meant for people doing the things they used to use unsafe for safe in the the people who target those layers and still want to stay in. and that means that as an end user the main thing you get is things are magically fast or magically use less memory on top of those frameworks and libraries built uh, it's very rare that you would consider using ref fields of ref structs um, because you are in, you have new kinds of pain in your life. Start doing it. much less pain than if you use pointers. But but the pain kind of shifted from oh this blows up all the time and I don't know why to I don't know how to make the compiler happy. <laughs> I, I, you know I don't work much on the runtime or the live, but I I have one project, one personal project where I'm using ref field um, on ref structs, and that's uh, because I'm writing an emulator and it's very low level and it cares about memory. It's trying to be as efficient as possible, yeah. um, like you know to as possible by without going to just using pure C. Right? Um, and that's kind of what this gives and gives mm -hmm. and gives those library off so that .NET as a whole just yeah so this is very yeah. micro library I spent a fair amount of time in C and then C++ yeah. and when C Sharp came out and 
had its own memory men. I said, I am not going back and you can't make me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, the whole idea of playing at that level and with unsafe and pointers and so on just gives me the will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but be glad that somebody's really good at it because it does yes. make, yeah, yes. it makes the libraries free. And, and be yeah. glad that they have tools to doing it for doing it safely now in the yep. language. But they where they used to um, play with fire, um, the more the more places people can remove the unsafe keyword without losing performance, the better. Um, let's yeah. uh let's bring this in for a landing by talking about raw string literals, uh, which make me giggle. The sleeper hit of yeah. C sharp. Yeah, it's uh, in a, in a way it's such a simple feature. It's one of those like, hey, how many different kinds of string literals do we have in sharp? Let's add another one to solve all the problems. I, I remember when the when the design original proposal came in. Uh, it was Cyrus that came in with the proposal, and I was like, another string literal? Okay, this starts with negative points already. He's got to get above a threshold, yeah, uh, to be able to 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 win me over. Yeah, there's sort of like a strike zero out yeah. kind of a <laughs> reaction to that. Um, but we came around in a big way because raw string literals are they are awesome. They they are really just they deliver so solidly on the promise, which is no more escape charactering. You because we have to face the fact that people don't just write Shakespeare in string letters. They they use them for all kinds of quote-unquote codes, the mm -hmm. things that have special characters in, or things that just have quotes in them themselves, you know. Yep. And you kind of want to copy-paste into a string letter, and you want to be able to look at a string letter and see what it is. And and for ordinary string literals to do that, I mean, you can get some tool help putting all the backslands you on could. them. But it's just like, oh, terrible. A nightmare. I can't thank... I, the number of times mm -hmm. that I've pasted something into a string literal first, yeah. right? And then go through and go, okay, and now the process to go through escape quotes to make sure that because it's and the colorization is all messed up because it's like I had some quotes in there and going and fixing that it's just a pain. Yeah, it's like it's just a terrible. Yeah. And it's not just you know. So you you'll be doing it for other C sharp. But yeah, then yeah. People are writing XML or or JSON or HTML or regular expressions or whatnot. SQL queries. There's just so much stuff that's really code, right? And that has that just uses special characters, including you know double quote. <laughs> so so what is a fully resilient way to um to make a string literal that can where you can always delimit con well the way we did it is to say it starts with at least three double quote um because two is an is an empty string right so it has to be for, for it to be a new syntax in c sharp it has to be at least three it starts with at least three and it ends with at least three but if you have somewhere in the content that it has three or more double quotes already and you want to quote that well you just increase the count of double quotes rounding until you're beating out whatever's in the content so it's such a simple scheme and of course it can become ridiculous in principle. Yeah. Like, okay, there's six double quotes in the content, so we need to start and end with seven. <laughs> uh, why don't you just put 10 now you're at? That gives a little headroom. You know, that it gets ridiculous in the extreme, but it's just all you really need is you need a trick for handling those rare situations where you where something in there, you know, for instance, is terminated. So funny. In the language design meeting, I remember that it was it was suggested. Right? I was yeah. like, well, well, what do you do if you have more quotes? It's just, well, you just add another, and I'm like, well, this isn't lang sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've come around. Uh, yes. we'll say. <laughs> The that is I have to say the design is so solid and yeah. so print that you fall in love with them quick and people have like they get you know, considering that this quote unquote just about string literal mm -hmm. uh, people are going nuts about because yeah. it's just the sleeper hit yeah. I, I love it and of course now you're not only replicating double quotes you're also replicating dollars yes we we will allow you to add more dollars yeah so that's for yeah because these can be interpolated as well because of course you don't just want like literals you want to also like be able to stick things in there yeah. That are interpolate just with the ordinary interpolate. Yeah, you can do the usual thing. You put one dollar sign in front, 
like with a, any other interpolator string, and then you then your your curly braces do turn into delimiters for whole. And then the, you get the kind of same kind of game as before with quotes, right? You're like, well, what if I have curly braces in my content? You know, that's what if I'm Jason? I have yeah. curly braces all over the place. I don't want all of those to turn into interpolator. Well, if you two dollar sign, <laughs> then it takes two curlies to introduce an interpolation hole. Yep. And that means single curlies are content. You can even put the single curlies around the double curl. And then the, <laughs> the thing inside of the double curlies will get evaluated and pasted in between the single curly content. So it's, it's, it's in a sense, quote, unquote ridiculous but it's also it just incredibly there's always a way that you can get around oh you have quadruple curly braces in your code and you want to interpolate or in your content and you want to interpolate five dollar signs in front and start your holes with five open curlies and end them with five close yeah you know discussion over (laughs) (laughs) it does make for some funky looking code i mean in the extreme right it's very rare that you wind up in that situation but yeah yeah. it's just that instead of falling over a a hard cliff in certain situations you just you just you know go down the hill a bit, right? It's that that uh, resilience. Yeah, I mean, think of the uh, interpolation issue. You know, otherwise, right? Oh, I've got just a regular interpolated string. I'm going to be doing other things to make like that that could be very error prone, right? Like adding mm-hmm. escaping things and all sorts of stuff to make that yeah. to make that work. In this case is just you know you you also get really nice ID kind of editor help for it. And the other thing about raw mm-hmm. spring rules that I really love is they have kind of an auto sort of of um, you know alignment uh, kind of thing or, or reducing the white space on the left side so you, depending on where you've lined up the content and the final uh, the final double quotes um, can be where you know it decides this is where the the uh, the the white space starts yeah in the in the in the ultimate. so you can have things indented without you don't have to have it all left lush on the you know right on the edge uh, column zero on the editor yeah. you can decide where that column zero is for the content um, and with and, and in a way that makes your code look decent at the end, as opposed to having to kind of just you know give in and have concessions just to make the string literal happy. This string literal works for you. Yeah. Excellent. So before I let you go, you have switched to a yearly cadence, mm-hmm. and how's that working for you? Is that is that uh, been helping the production of features or hurting? Is it is it something that you've become comfortable with or that you chafe at? And it took a little getting used to. Yeah. Um, r- now I will say that it is very much worth working in our favor. Um, it, if you're not careful, you you tend to be biased in the direction of doing small features that can be designed, implemented, and released in, in one cycle. And so the, the thing you have to be careful of in this model is that you think big enough. But the um, the big benefit of it, of course, is a benefit to users that they get features earlier and you, know, you don't have to wait so long <laughs> for the next release. But we also get a benefit from the the way that we can incrementally build, fe- build bigger feature areas by bit where everything every step of the way makes sense as a feature but you can add the next layer and the next layer and the next layer like we did with pattern matches. I was just yeah. going to say like you do with patterns yeah. yeah or object initialized records and there's a number of features like that that we've yeah. grown and I would say like Matt said the challenge is thinking big enough and so we've been you know I, our, our first really big you know feature uh, where we introduced it over multiple releases is in fact the generic map where that was always experimental always in preview the the you know um in previous release but now we can we can over a couple of releases say kind of do the same thing without without you know hurting people 
in the process by by introducing something and then we're not happy with it. Where where you know where we where the design process is actually taking uh, yeah. a couple of um, and so now that we've got some 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 ways of of experimenting with features and doing that and letting people dig into kind of more preview features um, without having them kind of be part of the length uh, yet, that also gives us the opportunity. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's worth. So the I, book I, I want someone to write, not me, is going to be called C Sharp Eleven for C Sharp Seven Program. Um, yeah, that's probably that'd be a good book. Um, because I think a lot, I think a lot of uh, working programmers, application programmers, sort of I don't know if they fell off a cliff after C Sharp Seven, but but things started to happen fairly rapidly and new yeah. concepts were introduced into the language and it really began to feel like this is not this is not the C sharp I'm, I know and love I'm used I'm not suggesting that it's not better I'm, it I mean, is there, better there but, were some big things yeah I mean C sharp 8 is when nullable reference right. was a huge yeah. kind of shift um, yeah but but the, but these were big shifts is my point and, yeah. and and catching up if you're a 6 or 7 programmer to to 11 is is uh, and what you don't want is a book on C sharp because you already know 80% of what's in there yeah. you just want to know what's that remaining 20% that I don't know yeah, that's so we're going to have to go talk to the Microsoft Learn. Yeah, or yeah. somebody, or maybe somebody listening will uh, take the initiative. And yeah. and also, I mean, we see this a lot. And and also, it's not people didn't sort of quote unquote get off at the same at the same station either, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people who are in C sharp five still, people who made it to C sharp eight, and um, and if you look back at the history, it's actually always like there's never been calm period in C sharp. It was always like way back when Anders was driving, um, we were leaning in to evolving the language. Always, it's always been big new ideas. Generics was big in C sharp two. Link was big in C sharp three. Dynamic was big in C4. Async was big in C sharp five. And then okay, six kind of small. Strings. Uh, <laughs> um, don't 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 downplay six though, because in that release we introduced expression bodied members and changed how. Yes. Yeah, so then we started. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. We changed the face. We started changing the face sharp. Yeah. That's true. So this so this people forget that it that it's not that we started. People feel like oh you really you're really speeding up. I don't think we are. I, I may be wrong, but if I look at kind of feature velocity, it's been fairly constant. It's just that, you know, there's more jumping on. Well, well yeah. what was the timing between? That's the thing. Yeah, it was, it was two to three year cycles back then. And now there's yes. more jumping on between. And you get these features that are like, oh, well, we, we, we refined it like this. And we're going to have another refinement yeah. that comes to the next release. Like, object. you know, it was, you know, it was painful that actually required wasn't there um, in, 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 in C sharp nine and, and 10. And now we have it finally. Yeah. But, but, you know, if it had, this had been the olden days when we, you know, went back into our into our caves with our robe, you know, we designed <laughs> the features, and when we released a major release these things would have been fully big. Right? We would have gone through all these right. things. It would be yeah. much, much more, much more feature rich. Now with this mm-hmm. annual cadence, there are much more jumping on, many, many more jumping yeah. on points to the language. And so it seems like, you know, it, it's, it's moving faster. I know we're not designing, yeah. uh, you know, so <laughs> it's just, uh, but we are, but we are designing differently, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we are, instead of, I mean, back then we would say, we got to get all of this in because mm-hmm. otherwise three years before they exactly. get like that little fix that makes their life better. Uh, and now we're just like, well, we're not sure whether we should do it this way or that way. And it's not urgent, so let's just release the, the bit of the feature we're sure of and that we know we have. Yes, and then see what people say and people do. So we are much more. We change the way that we think about wh- whether and when to include part of a feature set. Yeah, I, and I think it's just more for people. And because these are major major mm. version numbers, I think I think a lot of a lot of C sharp users also feel like, well, I have to engage at a, 
at a much faster cadence to keep yeah. up, yeah. right? Um, I, I, and I think that's a very, because we are putting stuff out, yeah. as opposed to in the past where it's like, oh, well, you might see a blog post come out and say, here's what we've been thinking about. And, you know, that gathers some feedback or something like that. We did that several times on, say, Dynamics, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but now it's like, well, actually, shit. Also, <laughs> the other thing that changed is that you mentioned that we put out a blog post here. Yeah. Now C Sharp is being designed a public repo, yeah. right? That everybody can see the design notes um, within 24 hours, typically, of when the meeting yeah. was. Oh, I guess they went this way on that feature that will come out in a year. <laughs> yeah. And so people have, there's much more noise if you want, much more watching the sausage getting made if you want to. And it, it can, I think it can be hard not to engage, hard to sort of say, well, I'll just wait and see. And I'll just let them do the thing and grab it when. It, so it does, so it feels like more is happening, just more of it. Well, this was fantastic. I, I just really can't thank the two of you enough because uh, I definitely personally learned a whole lot more about C Sharp 11. And I'm very excited to go check out some of these features and then go put my head back down and work. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. And do pattern matching. We're working with your UI. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Do this that. was a pleasure. Thank, thanks for having us, Jesse. Very well, much. Really appreciate your coming. Bye.